The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 28th of February in London. Coming up today, a breakthrough deal on Northern Ireland. Sunak secures changes to post-Brexit trading rules with the EU. No capital needed. Adani, CFO, speaks exclusively to Bloomberg, saying the group isn't looking for a cash injection. Staying the course, an ECB policymaker tells us the central bank must push on with policy tightening. Baker backs Sunak's Brexit deal, Britain risks being sidelined and more women making it onto top boards. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, back on top, Elon Musk regains his crown as the world's richest person as the value of Tesla soars. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. Here are the stories we're following today. The UK and the European Union have reached a new deal on trading rules for Northern Ireland. The agreement includes a green and red lane system for goods as well as a mechanism for politicians in Stormont to oppose changes to certain EU rules. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak hails the deal as being good for all sides. Together we have changed the original protocol and are today announcing the new Windsor framework. Today's agreement delivers smooth flowing trade within the whole United Kingdom, protects Northern Ireland's place in our union and safeguards sovereignty for the people of Northern Ireland. Sunak now needs to win over Northern Ireland's Democratic Unionist Party and an influential group of pro-Brexit MPs from his own party. Failure to do so could mean the PM would need the support of opposition Labour MPs to get the deal through Parliament. Now, if the deal is ratified, it could pave the way for closer ties between the UK and EU on issues like financial services, security and scientific research. Speaking to us here on Daybreak Europe, EY's managing partner Andy Baldwin says he's positive about the benefits of an agreement. The deal between the UK and the EU around the Northern Ireland Protocol, I do believe we'll see a shift in improvement in business sentiment generally, which ultimately will lead to an improvement in cross-border trade. The EU is still the UK's largest trading partner. I think sometimes people forget that. Andy Baldwin's view is echoed by BlackRock and Aberdeen, who expect the deal to remove only some of the uncertainty that has dogged the UK since Britain chose to leave the European Union. Britain's improving economic prospects are putting Chancellor Jeremy Hunt under pressure to improve salaries for public sector workers. Ewan Potts reports. 
It's little more than two weeks until Jeremy Hunt delivers his budget. And latest forecasts from Bloomberg Economics say the Chancellor may have more room to manoeuvre than he's publicly admitted. Sliding energy prices have contributed to roughly doubling the headroom against his key fiscal target, leaving public sector net borrowing almost £40 billion lower than in the OBR's November forecast. As to what the Chancellor should do with his new wiggle room, economists at the Institute for Fiscal Studies have weighed in on the debate about public sector pay. They say the government's argument that increases the pay would add to inflation are a distraction tactic. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The Adani Group CFO has told Bloomberg that the group's Asia-focused investor meetings are to rebuild trust and not to ask for cash. The Indian conglomerate has seen $150 billion wiped off its value after short seller Hindenburg made allegations of accounting fraud and stock manipulation. Adani has repeatedly denied those claims. Let's take a listen to what the group's CFO, Jugashinder Singh, had to say to us in an exclusive interview on the matter. We have an obligation and duty to uh, face uh, people mm-hmm. in, in an environment like this mm-hmm. and not just simply do VCs and calls, but to uh, actually uh, meet in person and answer the questions in person. Adani's Jugachinder Singh speaking as it emerged that JP Morgan Asset Management has removed any exposure to the conglomerate from its ESG portfolios. Data compiled by Bloomberg shows that around 500 ESG funds in Europe continue to hold Adani stocks. A third ECB policymaker this week has doubled down on tightening. Croatia National Bank Governor Boris Vucic tells Bloomberg taming core inflation is the main priority. As long as the core persists at the levels that we are talking about, and this is significantly higher than our rates are, and significantly higher than where our target is, uh, we should persevere. And uh, we should really bring it down to the levels where we need it to be in the medium term. Vujicic is the European Central Bank's newest policymaker since Croatia joined the euro at the start of this year. Although he won't vote on March's rate decision, where markets see a hike of 50 basis points or higher, is near certain Vujicic will have voting rights on the ECB from April to September. And Elon Musk has regained his spot as the world's richest person after briefly losing the title to LVMH's Bernard Arnault. With more, here's Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Musk's wealth has been boosted by a nearly 70% surge in Tesla's stock price this year. It is up about 100% from its intraday low on January 6, as investors pile back into bets on riskier growth stocks amid signs of economic strength and a slower pace of Federal Reserve interest rate increases. The company has also benefited from more demand for its electric vehicles after cutting prices on several models. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, those are our top stories this morning. In case you're feeling depressed on your own payday, Elon Musk's one-day change in his wealth was worth some $7 billion, according to our rich list. Rich, go if you've got the terminal uh, in front of you. The change of year to date has seen Elon Musk's fortune rise by $50 billion. Bernard Arnault, poor Bernard Arnault, only $23 billion uh, increase in his fortune over uh, the last year. So the difference between them now is only just around $2 billion. So we may see more fluctuations uh, to come further ahead as well. But that's the latest on the rich list anyway from Bloomberg. Up next, Baker backs Sunak's Brexit deal. Britain risks being sidelined and more women making it onto top boards. 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Garrens is with me in studio to look through today's papers. Good morning to you, Leanne. The headline we're starting with is in The Telegraph this morning. It says, Rishi Sunak's Brexit deal is the start of a positive new era in our relationship with the EU. Yes, indeed, Stephen. Good morning to you. So this is actually a comment piece written out by the Minister of State for Northern Ireland, Steve Baker. And what I feel when I read this is this article really reflects the mood music coming out of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Ursula von der Leyen's meeting yesterday. It seemed to be very amicable, Ursula von der Leyen calling Rishi Sunak dear Rishi on more than one occasion. Now, the Eurosceptic MP says the Windsor framework, that's what it's been renamed, finally ends the uncertainty created with the Northern Ireland Protocol and calls it a real turning point for the relationship between the UK and the EU. We obviously chose to Brexit more more than half a decade ago, Stephen, so this is positive news on the horizon. He also says now is time to focus on the opportunities that await us to benefit of the people and businesses across the United Kingdom. Baker also also says those opportunities will be unlocked after taking three big steps forward through the new Brexit deal. And you mentioned them earlier, Stephen, free-flowing trade by removing the border in the Irish Sea, changes to VAT and also the Stormont break. So these are positive things moving forward. But I think it's also important to mention why we are talking about the story, because Steve Baker has been instrumental in lots of Brexit agreements we've had before Mm. and was really 
the downfall of Theresa May's Chequers Agreement, which she vehemently was against, and also Northern Ireland Protocol, of course, brought in by Boris Johnson. So really a glowing endorsement for Rishi Sunak and what they managed to achieve yesterday. However, the DUP still going through the fine details of the deal and um, still a few things to hash out, I'm sure. Yeah, still so much to unpack in that story, but interesting to get the perspective of Steve Baker. As you say, Leanne, such an important figure over the history of this story. I mean, Checkers, you're talking about going back to 2018 already, which feels like at least three lifetimes ago. Um, and Well, it is three Prime Ministers ago, actually. Four at this stage. Yes. Anyway, let's, uh, I've lost count. Let's turn to the Times next, Leanne. The headline, Britain risks being sidelined in funding war. Yes, Stephen. So we appear to have ended one fight and now we might be entering another fray. And this says Washington and Brussels and also Britain are preparing for a fight over the future of green energy projects. Now, the newspaper article in the Times is highlighting these quiet fears in Britain over the effect of the President Joe Biden's new Inflation Reduction Act and what impact it may have on British industry. We do know the package is designed to drive the US to net zero emissions by 2050 and provide investment and tax breaks to fund clean energy projects. Now, I don't know if you can recall last week, I know a lot has happened, but Drax, we spoke about the power company in Northern England, is warning that its £2 billion investment was at serious risk without urgent government action as Biden's new measures have made investing in America just so much more attractive, Stephen. And the Trade Secretary here, Kemi Badenoch, says the government is working with the EU to lobby Washington. But listen, Westminster's reluctance to get involved in global green energy subsidies race has really been criticised for being too slow. Guess what? We've spoken about this too. The budget by Jeremy Hunt is not expected to announce any Bonanza climate measures um, next month, as I said, on the 15th of March, not too far away now. So there we are. This is just something that's saying, have we been too slow to act? Mm, Something definitely interesting to watch uh, as we go forward. Let's turn next to Financial Times, Leanne. Uh, We do know. UK executive target for women met three years ahead of schedule. Yes, so women occupy two out of five board seats at FTSE 350 companies, reaching the target three years earlier, according to the Financial Times. Now, they've been looking at um, this government-backed campaign to encourage more female representatives in executive roles. The annual FTSE Women's Leader Review found 40.2% of directors at the largest limited companies were actually women last year. The FTSE 100 listed companies with the highest proportion of female board representatives include the drinks group Diageo, Auto Trader, and also Seven Trent. That's a water company. We've spoken about them before. And later on our show today in the eight o'clock hour, Denise Wilson, the FTSE Woman Leaders CEO, is going to be speaking to us. And I found it really interesting what she said in this article. She said the hushed water cooler conversation on the lack of women from yesterday has evolved into a core and critical business topic. Also, Greg's has a lot of women on the board. So, there we are. This is a positive story for getting more women in the workplace. Okay, Leanne Gerrans, thank you very much for that look at today's papers. Let's turn back to the story around that Brexit deal. Months of talks it took, but the European Union and the UK have done a deal on post-Brexit trading rules for Northern Ireland. Will it be enough, though, to convince the Democratic Unionist Party to rejoin a power-sharing government in Stormont? Plenty of other hurdles to worry about as well. Our UK correspondent Lizzie Burden is with us in studio. Lizzie, let's talk about the deal, first of all. Uh, Has Rishi Sunak been able to get a 
better deal than his predecessors. Well, Stephen, I'm sure that you've read through every page, every line of this document, but at first glance, it seems that he's done the impossible. But it's all, of course, as you imply, going to hinge on the Northern Ireland Unionists. He claims that the Windsor framework has fundamentally rewritten the Northern Ireland Protocol because, for one, it allows London rather than Brussels to set VAT rates in Northern Ireland, which Brussels previously had said couldn't be done. It also removes lots of the red tape on goods going between GB and Northern Ireland by setting up so-called red and green lanes. And the rabbit out of the hat moment yesterday was the Stormont break, which gives the Northern Ireland Assembly the power to delay and potentially stop EU laws taking effect in Northern Ireland. But as was always going to be the case, and you predicted this, the European Court of Justice remains the final arbiter on the application of EU laws. And the deal only reduces, it doesn't remove the number of EU laws that apply in Northern Ireland. So we've got a deal, but the tension isn't going away until... The Brexiters and the Unionists have digested a deal till it's voted through Parliament and until power sharing's restored in Stormont. Okay. Um, so what what changed in the the kind of development of this deal? Then how do they manage to get things to where they are? Yeah. Well, what was striking yesterday, uh, if you watched the press conference, was the warmth with which European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen addressed Rishi Sunak. She called him Dear Rishi. Uh, and he's seen in Brussels as a pragmatist, even if he's a Brexiter. She said he'd been constructive and understanding of the parameters of Brussels' position, especially compared to Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. And indeed, he himself said that this deal is decisively better than anything that's come before. Now, the substance that's different is two crucial points. First of all, he's dropped Boris Johnson's Northern Ireland Protocol bill, which would have allowed the UK to unilaterally override parts of the Northern Ireland Protocol. And secondly, the UK has given Brussels access to its customs databases. I'd say it came down to the tone and those two big concessions. Yeah, certainly the data sharing was seemed to unlock an awful lot of the practicality around this because the whole idea and the thing that matters most to people and businesses in Northern Ireland is how easy goods will be able to flow from Great Britain to Northern Ireland. The data sharing was the key uh, point, as you say, Lizzie, that unlocked that. Let's look at what happens next. A parliamentary vote coming. Who do we need to be watching? Well, there are two questions. Can he get the deal through Parliament and can he restore power sharing in Northern Ireland? On the first, MPs are expected to vote on the deal next week. Sunak has got the numbers because Labour's said it will support him, but he needs the DUP to back it to heal his party because Tory Brexiters are going to follow the Unionists' lead. And relying on Labour's votes would be humiliating. It would be an admission of his weakness. So on the second point, he's gone to Belfast to convince the unionists to get on side. Really, the whole deal was aimed at passing the DUP's seven tests. That's precisely the task that Sunak set his negotiators when he became prime minister. And one hopeful sign is that the DUP leader Jeffrey Donaldson yesterday said he was thankful to Sunak. He took credit for pressuring Brussels to move this far. And after that, not one Tory came out against the deal, including Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. 
Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.